This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 70 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. Anytime we have any kind of upcoming event or activity, it always should involve a plan. Whether it is something that you're doing for work, if you're going to a meeting or making a presentation, it's always best to be prepared and do your research and make sure that you have all your ducks in a row before the day of the event. This also goes if you are doing any kind of a weekend camp out or a weekend um, trip or even just going for a joyride one afternoon. You always want to make sure that you have whatever you need to get through the day, get through the weekend or get through the duration of that trip, whether it's food, water, medication, sunscreen if you're going to be outdoors, or if you are hauling kids in tow, you want to make sure that you have those kids occupied to make that trip much more enjoyable until you get to that final destination. But sometimes, no matter how much planning and preparation that goes into an event that you have coming up, sometimes you need a little help from above. Today, I'm going to share an exciting incredible and memorable adventure that I was able to take part in with my youngest son, Luke, and our Boy Scout troop. We decided to go to a destination for our Boy Scout summer camp that we've never visited before. So for many, many months, we have been working hard, researching and gathering all the information necessary to make a journey all the way up from Texas to South Dakota. We found a Boy Scout camp located in the Black Hills um, up on the mountains in South Dakota near Custer. So we rallied the adults and rallied the scouts 
and ended up with over 50 people signed up for this once-in-a-lifetime adventure going on a summer camp in South Dakota. One of our awesome dads bought a bus. He grew up in a Boy Scout troop, and they had a bus, and that's what took them to all their Boy Scout campouts and all their activities. And he said to this day, he has remained very close friends with a lot of the guys that were in his Boy Scout troop growing up because they always had so much fun together, getting to know each other really well as they're traveling across the county, across the state, across the country on their bus. So that was an experience that he really felt valuable and was able to give back and decided to pay that forward and donate a bus to our Boy Scout troop. He spent many, many hours, blood, sweat, and tears getting the bus ready for this adventure. He had rigged up the seats where they were facing each other and the boys could have a good time hanging out with their friends. He had rigged up an area in the back of the bus where all the scouts can put all of their gear, and he also made sure that he had enough adults with him that were capable enough to drive that bus going from point A to point B. So obviously there was a lot of planning that had to happen behind the scenes to get that bus to our Boy Scout meeting location on the morning of our big adventure. Not only do we have to plan for the bus to happen, we also had to have several chase vehicles, which is other adults who chose to drive, hauling gear, equipment, and our Boy Scout trailer. There were several of us in that caravan that we all had to coordinate together to make it happen. So flash forward to the actual day of our trip. We all had to show up at our meeting location by six o'clock in the morning, one early June Friday morning. Parents were coming in, dropping off their sleepy-eyed scouts. Other adults were getting their vehicles ready and gear moved around, making room for other adults and other scouts who would be riding along. There was a lot of excitement buzzing around that morning in the triple-digit heat index of a Houston steamy morning. We were all soaking wet before we even loaded up in the vehicles 30 minutes later. It was so hot. Anyway, we had all of our adults were gathered up and we were ready to go. We made sure the bus was loaded and all seats were filled. Our troop trailer had all equipment and gear cooking utensils, food, and all those necessities packed up and ready to go. And now it was time for moms and dads to say goodbye to their scouts, who many of which have just crossed over into Boy Scouts, so they may have been 10, 11 years old. And this was their very first time on a long-term summer camp all by themselves without their parents. So everybody loaded up and we were headed north. It wasn't five minutes, 10 minutes into our drive that one of the adults had sent a message to our group chat, which we had started with all of our adults. He had sent a message to our group chat saying that he was getting an alert on his vehicle that his tire pressure was low. So fortunately, he said that as soon as that alert happened, It was right next to a Midas, 
uh, car place. So he was able to pull over and they were able to get him checked out, air up his tires and make sure there were no leaks. And he was back on the road to catch up with our caravan within about 20 minutes or so. So that was one of the fortunate things leaving Houston that we were so close to civilization where if we had a problem, there's usually a chance that we're close enough where there's a location that can help us out pretty quickly. So fortunately, on the first day of our drive, this was the only minor incident that happened. But the positive side of that was, again, it happened right next to a vehicle place that could get him right in, fix the problem, and get him right back on the road in an extremely timely manner. We drove all day, And we ended up at our first overnight location way up in the Texas Panhandle in Amarillo. After a good night's sleep had by all, day two of our journey was the day that we woke up with guardian angels on each and every one of our shoulders. The day started off really well. We made it the rest of the way through Texas. And if you've ever traveled through Texas, that's the longest part of any duration is just getting out of Texas. From the far southeastern corner where we live in Houston, all the way across the state, it's a good 12 to 14 hours to get ourselves out of the state. So once we did that, it was all good. And we made it through the northeastern part of New Mexico. And our next obstacle was up and over Raton Pass. Coming from an elevation where we are in Houston of 13 feet above sea level, making it all the way across Texas, across New Mexico, and up to the peak of Raton Pass, that sits at 7,835 feet. There was a lot of road construction that day as well, and our caravan got split up a ways as we were going through traffic and up and over the pass. So throughout the time that we were trying to stay together, in reality, we really only were about a mile apart from each other. We had the bus, we had a truck pulling our troop trailer, and we had three other vehicles in our caravan hauling people and gear. So as we headed north into Colorado, we realized that the bus was really, really far behind us. We were also scheduled to do a whitewater rafting trip just outside of Pueblo. So we realized also that we were cutting pretty close of the time that we had to be there. So a couple of our vehicles went ahead just a little bit to try to get to that location to give them the heads up and to start doing the paperwork before the rest of our troop and boys and adults were arriving. So we get into Pueblo, and I happened to be in the vehicle with our scout leader, and we turned off the interstate, and we are one of the first ones in the caravan, and we're heading towards town to fuel up, and then from that point, we were going to continue forward to grab enough food for all of the scouts that are back on the bus, probably 10 minutes behind us. We were going to grab all the food and drinks and meet everybody up at the whitewater rafting place. Sounds like a perfect idea, right? So we're fueling up and we're standing in line to get ourselves lunch at a subway. And we get a phone call 
from another adult who's on the bus, and he begins to tell us that the bus broke down right when they exited to turn off the interstate into Pueblo. Their bus just died. It died right there on the on the feeder road. So the fortunate thing was where the bus stopped going forward. It was on a feeder. It was off the main interstate. So it was somewhat of a safer place for them to pull over. And where the bus stalled out was right next to a large hotel. And it was right next to two different restaurants. So if they needed to get out of the heat and into the air conditioning, use the restrooms, or worst case scenario, if they had to spend the night, we were all in a location right where it was accessible for food and lodging. So that was a blessing in disguise right there. So the bus driver calls us as we are about five, 10 minutes ahead of them in town saying, you know, hey, we broke down. Um, We told them that we would pick up food and we would be on our way going backtracking to meet everybody and we'll come up with a plan. So as soon as we start ordering food for everybody else, we get another phone call. This time it's from the adult who is pulling our troop trailer. He tells us that he is having brake problems. The trailer is not behaving well with his vehicle, and he's pulled over on the side of the road, not too far from where we're located. So this adult actually made that turn off the interstate and started heading towards where we were located, going towards the Whitewater Place, and did not realize that the bus broke down behind him, but did not realize either that we were ahead of him getting food and drinks for everybody else. So he was pulled over on the side of the road and we said, stay put. As soon as we get food, we will turn around and we're heading back your way. We will meet up with you and we'll unhook our trailer and we'll hook it up on our vehicle. Then we'll go take care of the bus and all the scouts and we'll be on our way. So after all that happened, we got all the food, we loaded back up in our vehicles. And by this time, there are three vehicles that were in our caravan. So once we got back into our vehicles, heading backtracking towards the truck and trailer and the bus with all the food, all the drinks, we started making phone calls to people back at home saying, hey, we broke down. We've got to transport 50 people all the way up to South Dakota help us find some rental vehicles, some rental vans, and make some phone calls for us because our hands are full right now dealing with a truck, trailer, and a broke down bus. So we had people calling from back here in Houston, calling up all over the place in Colorado, trying to get us hooked up to be able to continue our journey northward to go to our Boy Scout camp. So the vehicle I'm in, we are heading back again towards the bus and trailer, and we are stopped at a red light. So as we're sitting there contemplating what to do next and figuring out a plan, we heard the most horrific crash that I will never forget the way it sounded. It was so loud and so, it was horrible. So we witnessed coming in the opposite direction, actually coming towards us, we witnessed a vehicle 
cut across all three lanes of traffic going full speed and he had bumped into two vehicles and they crashed and spun out. He had hit a truck and trailer that was carrying lawn equipment, um, grass clippings. He had hit that, jackknifed it, exploded all over the road with um, lawn clippings and, and grass and it was just a mess. But the worst of it was the car, a small car that he had pit maneuvered and it had literally lifted up and spun 180 degrees, crumpled up like a Coke can and landed horizontal in the turn lane. We witnessed the entire scene. It was awful. So, of course, being Boy Scouts and adult scout trained leaders that we are, um, the driver of my vehicle, who was our who's our scoutmaster, he threw his vehicle in park, and before we realized it, he was out the door and he was bolted across the intersection safely. Of course, um, he got himself across the intersection, and he was the very first one on the scene. So he was administering first aid. He was talking to people, trying to keep everybody calm. And then once our light turned, you know, we got the vehicle across the intersection and parked in a safe location, but we were close by to the incident as well. We had the first aid kit. We were administering um, bandages, you know, stopping the bleeding. The The driver of this car was pretty, pretty badly injured. And we just pray that he's okay after sustaining the injuries that he did. You know, the airbag deployed, um, the passenger of the vehicle was able to get out. um, But the impact was so hard that it laid down the driver and passenger seats, and the seats broke, and the seats were laying flat. And there were three young teenagers in the back seat. Um, they were more scared and shook up than anything. They weren't too too badly injured, but they couldn't. They were trapped. They couldn't get out because the seats had broken and they were laying across their laps. So they were all conscious and you know talking, and we were keeping everybody calm. But the strange thing of all this was as soon as that happened, you know, I immediately picked up my phone and I'm calling 911. Nobody answered the phone. I called and called and called and nobody picked up the 911 line. So I noticed after the accident happened, there were several other people that stopped to help and render aid. They too were on their phones trying to get through to 911 and they just didn't answer. But I found out later that the second person on the scene of this accident was an off-duty EMT. So the lady who who was on the scene, she witnessed the accident and she had the right phone numbers to call. And before we knew it, there were three fire trucks, four ambulances, and five to seven police cars that were screaming on the scene ASAP. The jaws of life came. They had to extract all the people that were pinned in the back seat. Even though the driver was coming in and out of consciousness, they were able to pull him out and get him bandaged up and off to the hospital right away. So again, we just hope and pray that everybody involved was um, had injuries that were able to 
get treated and they were able to overcome. But that was a really intense, scary moment because we witnessed the whole thing. We saw the whole thing. We heard the whole thing. You know, we talked to the police. We talked to the ambulances. We talked to the firefighters. And it was just a really scary situation. So being in the, I guess, the right place in the right time or not being in the right place at the wrong time, you know, it it could have gotten so much worse than it was. Um, Fortunately that we saw the accident, we were able to help and render aid and we knew the right things to do because we are trained in, in first aid and wilderness survival and all those outdoor skills that Boy Scouts teaches you along the way. The other benefit is that our bus broke down when it did. Because when we start what ifing this, it can get us spiraling out of control when we start thinking about what could have happened if that was our group that was traveling on that exact same road just 15 minutes later than than they were. So lots of guardian angels were with us on that moment. So again, we're just praying that everybody's okay. We did reach out to the police department just to try to find out how everybody's doing, but we've not heard back. So hopefully um, everybody came out of that situation okay. So in the midst of all this chaos going on and us dealing with this horrible accident, um, we're still trying to get to our other adult who has a vehicle with brake problems to get the trailer taken care of. So in the meantime, the other adults in our caravan, our smaller caravan, they went ahead and took care of that situation and they unhooked the trailer from the brake problem vehicle and rehooked it to their vehicle. And then we found out at this moment that there was a strike on fuel. So there was no gas to be found anywhere in southern Colorado in the middle of June. I guess the drivers had a strike and they just weren't hauling fuel to the gas stations. So a lot of our vehicles were pretty low on gas and we found this out the hard way. So one of our adults said that he had to go on to try to find some fuel. He ended up at a gas station a few miles outside of town and he waited almost two and a half hours in a line that wound around the block waiting to get fuel. He said that pumps were getting emptied um, right after left. And so he was fortunate enough that he was able to fuel up um, before we continued on our journey. So while all that was going on, we finally made our way back to the bus. Again, they were in a location that was safe. They were off the main highway And they were next to a restaurant, a restroom, and a hotel if that was a last resort. So we were able to get all the kids off the bus. And if you do your job as a good leader, nobody else around you knows the chaos that's going on. So the good news is the kids thought it was awesome. They got to stretch their legs. They got to run in the field. And they got to get off that bus for a while. Little did they know all the stuff that was going on in the meantime and how ugly our day had been going. um, All we focused on 
was making sure the kids were happy, making sure they were, you know, comfortable and nobody was stressed out except us behind the scenes. So what we did was we marched all the kids over to this really nice Mexican restaurant, which was at the bottom of the hill. And the restaurant was so kind when they looked up and saw 50 youth and adults all dressed in their tan Boy Scout shirts. They donated ice cream cones to all of us. So that was really cool that we all got to get out of the sun a little bit because it was pretty warm. Uh, There wasn't much shade where we broke down. So we were able to get everybody out of the sun and under the shelter of this restaurant who made our day by giving everybody ice cream cones. So while the kids were eating on ice cream, we adults must have called 30 different uh, repair shops, mechanics, dealers, whoever we can get a hold of to try to come help us and see if somebody can't come out on site to diagnose our bus issue. Mind you, this is a Saturday early afternoon in Colorado in mid-June. We got zero response. People that answered the phone, they were either closing or they didn't work on buses or large heavy equipment. We were hitting roadblock after dead end after additional issue. But we kept trying. We kept calling and calling and calling. But our leader remembered that he had family in Colorado Springs about an hour down the road. He reached out to his cousin and said, hey, you know, we're on our way to this Boy Scout adventure and we're broke down on the side of the road in Pueblo, not too far from you. Within a matter of seconds, his cousin called out to her husband's church group and we had about 15 men from this church group stop what they're doing, jump in their vehicles and start heading south to meet us. They all came down to Pueblo to load up kids, adults, and gear to get us transported to our next overnight location, which was back up in Colorado Springs, right where all these guys came from. It took as long for all of us to sit down and enjoy our ice cream, refill our water bottles, and say our thank yous to the restaurant staff for the guys from Colorado Springs to come down and meet us. So there was not much downtime, not much delay. So they showed up. We all got to know these guys, wonderful group of men who they're here to serve. And they were just delighted to get our phone call on that Saturday afternoon. And they were looking for something to do. So here's here's their calling. You know, they, they got to load up a bunch of Boy Scouts and transport us back up to Colorado Springs. So that was a very successful um, thing that worked out in our favor. So we did. We all transported our way up. And the gentleman with the bus who's um, decided to stay with the bus to make some phone calls and to try to get things to happen, he stayed back. And the rest of us loaded up our equipment gear. We had the trailer moved to a different truck and we caravanned our way back up an hour down the road, which is the direction we were heading anyway, um, to our next scheduled overnight stop. 
So once we got to that location, the gentleman that met us to let us into the facility, we, you know, he welcomed us to the facility and shook our hands and we were sharing our story with what happened. And he looked at us and said, my son is a bus mechanic. We about fell over. Of all the people that we tried to call with zero response, nobody calling us back, nobody stopping on the side of the road, nobody pulling over to see if we needed help, the gentleman whose facility we were sleeping at that night had a connection with his own family who was a heavy equipment mechanic. He said he works on buses, he'll, he'll know exactly what to do, and he was able to get us hooked up with the right person to get it done. So that was another moment that you just can't make this stuff up. In the meantime, another thing was going on. Um, all this stuff was happening, you know, people were coming up from their, their rides, they were unloading their vehicles, our trailer arrived, we were unloading our gear, all the scouts, adults, we were starting to get set up, you know, it was just, it was a crazy, crazy machine in motion that was going. Well, I was watching our scout leader, and he just didn't look right. I'm like, are you okay? And he pulled me aside. He, you know, he's kind of taking some deep breaths and kind of tapping on his chest. And he said, you know, just between me and you, my heart's racing and it's kind of hard for me to breathe and it hurts a little bit. So um, fortunately, we have a firefighter EMT in our unit and he happened to be standing right next to me. So I called him over and said, hey, I need you to come hear this. So both of us were talking to our leader and we were both um, taking his pulse. I was on one wrist and he was on the other and I was getting about 160 beats per minute. He was getting about 150 beats per minute. And we said, yeah, I think we need to take you in. So another gentleman from the facility where we were staying said, let's go. So he loaded up our leader and the firefighter and his wife, and they all went down to the ER at a very good hospital to get them checked out pretty quickly. So not to alarm any other scouts or adults in the area, you know, we just kept going forward. You know, we got the kids fed. We got everybody's bedrolls laid out, got everybody's cot set up. You know, we just kept on going on with our program, not making any attention to what was really happening and how stressful we adults were starting to get, um, even more so the way our day was going. So during all of this chaos that was happening on this one day, another one of our adults made a phone call to the Denver airport and there were two 15-passenger vans that were left, and that was all that was available to check out or rent anywhere in, seemed like, the whole state of Colorado. So obviously, we put a hold on those vans and said, we'll be there within two hours. So our adults made arrangements, and we got the two vans from the airport, brought them back to where we were staying, 
And the next morning, when all the scouts were to wake up, we would have had the vans there ready to go, load up and continue on our path like nothing happened. So that was all working out very well. The good news is our friend that went to the hospital, um, he was definitely stressed. He had a lot of anxiety going on. He was suffering from um, the heat. It was very, very hot that day in Pueblo. Um, We were definitely high up in altitude and elevation, which was something, again, that we weren't quite yet acclimated to. And on top of all of that, he was dehydrated. So all those factors worked in together and caused him that stressful situation with the elevated heart rate and shortness of breath and things that kind of made the rest of us a little bit uneasy and wanted to get him to the hospital right away. So the good news there is they hydrated him, gave him lots of fluids, you know, wagged their finger at him saying, you know, don't do this again, scout leader, you know, make sure you're drinking enough water and uh, sent him back on his way to rejoin us that evening back at our location. So that worked out great. So everybody got a good night's sleep. The next morning we woke up, the vans were there. We loaded up the the 15 passenger vans with kids and gear, got everybody situated. And first thing Sunday morning, we continued our caravan heading north up into South Dakota. So fortunately, the rest of our trip was not as exciting and as adventurous as this beginning of our trip was. It was exciting, of course, in the good way, the good Boy Scout way, where we got to go to a new location and we got to camp on the side of the mountain and we got to see Mount Rushmore and Crazy Horse and even drive into legendary Deadwood where Wild Bill was shot. We got to go see the bar where it all happened. We heard it from a storyteller and we even got to watch some reenactment um, shootouts right there in the middle of the street. So that was an awesome experience for both the kids and the adults. Um, and on our way home, we got to swing through northeastern Wyoming and we got to see Devil's Tower. So this was an action packed week. And, you know, sadly, we missed out on our whitewater rafting trip, but um, we definitely had other things planned for us, um, things out of our control that happened. But all that said, there was so many blessings that we can count from especially that one day. We were all safe. We were all within one mile of each other in our spaced out caravan. All of this stuff happened in a large city and we had cell service because there was plenty of places along our journey where there was no internet, no cell service. I mean, our phones were just dead. So we were very fortunate in that regard that we did have connection in a city with cell service. We were near restaurants with air conditioning and ice cream. And we were right next to a hotel if we absolutely had to go that route. We were in contact with um, our friend's family who had a men's church group. And every one of those guys happened to be available and were immediately able to drop what they were doing and head our way to help transport our entire Boy Scout troop to our next scheduled stop 
back up in Colorado Springs. That happened within a matter of moments and we didn't lose any time. We had two vans, two 15 passenger vans that happened to be available, which we couldn't find anywhere else in the state. And the location where we landed that evening, the main contact had a son who was a bus mechanic. And he was able to turn around, make some phone calls, and get us all hooked up, get our bus repaired, which, by the way, the bus did join us a couple days later right up there at camp, and they were able to spend the rest of the week with us at camp. So everything worked out. Everything had successful endings, and it's just the time to step back for that moment and realize that sometimes we always have that guardian angel with us and we need to be aware that there are so many things that are out of our control and no matter how much you prepare, you pack, you plan, you make lists, you make your details and you get everything that you think you need for a successful trip, sometimes, you know, God has a different plan And sometimes you just have to take a step back and realize that no matter what adventure you're planning, there are several blessings along the way and several God thumps along the way that just make you realize that you can only do the best you can as best you can. Sometimes we have to turn it over and realize that we're being taken care of by that little guardian angel that sits on our shoulder keeping us steering in the right direction, keeping us safe, and making sure that we are still enjoying all of our outdoor adventures, doing the best we can. You just can't make this stuff up. I am grateful for those who were with us on this trip, that we had so much fun together, made many memories together, and I am so looking forward to more adventures with these crazy, awesome, people in my Boy Scout family who make me feel like an 11-year-old again, seeing the joy of nature and the world around me because there is no better place than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters and creating memories that will last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo, and you've heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit NorthAmericanOutdoors.org and follow me on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.